are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by GetUpside. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. I am Marcus Mosier. He is Lena McCool. And we've got a busy, busy show for you guys today. Uh, but Lena, let's first talk about uh, the Pro Bowl. Uh, did you watch it? How much did you enjoy it? What were your thoughts? <laughs> I watched I watched some of the skill stuff, right? Okay, because so you, that... didn't, you watched the challenges on, what was that, Thursday night? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I saw some of the highlights there, which was interesting. Uh, obviously, watching Micah win the race was hilarious, and uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, Trayvon's catch at the uh, at the catch skills uh, competition yeah. was incredible. Uh, and, I, and then I watched a little bit of the uh, football game. You, did you uh, really? I didn't watch a second of it. I was I was at uh, Disney on Ice yesterday. It, so. it, wow. <laughs> yeah. uh, I you know I had an opportunity. It was one of those things where uh, my my wife was running around doing stuff. My daughter ran outside to go play, and I, I suddenly had a moment alone uh, in front of the television, and I was like, "Well, what can I do here?" And unfortunately, all that was available to me was the uh, was the Pro Bowl. Uh, so oh, I watched about yeah. five minutes of it, and I was like, "This is not even flag football," uh, and I turned it off. That's it was awful. It's awful. <laughs> From yeah. what everybody tells me, it was awful. Uh, yeah, all right, we got actual actual Cowboys news to talk about today. So as I was sitting in the. Uh, Disney on ice thing. I got a I got a text. I believe it was from Schefter that said the Dolphins hired Mike McDaniel to be their uh, next head coach, which means Kellen Moore is going to be back with the Cowboys next season. Landon, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, I mean, I think we've kind of covered this topic quite a bit, and it's now just official. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly. Uh, this, if we're gonna if we're gonna be bringing back the same head coach, I'm glad that we're bringing back the same group. There's a, there's a chance for some yeah. continuity here. There's some chance for some growth. Uh, I think that they're obviously in a situation where they're looking to try to run it back, maybe get some better results. I I still believe in in Kellen Moore, and I still believe that he's okay. uh, got some you know, some you know room above him to improve and, and to learn from what what's going on. And I think uh, there's every opportunity for the Cowboys to kind of course correct what happened at the end of the season uh, with this group and, and kind of take it to the next step. Now, Cowboys have got a long off season, a lot of holes to fill uh, and, 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 and it's extremely uphill climb with, with, with uh, you know, the kind of losses they're going to face personnel wise. Uh, but I think having, you know, uh, a head coach that's familiar with the group, your offensive and defensive coordinator that's coming back uh, at least there's a level of stability there uh, and you're not also having to deal with all that turnover plus a, a yep. new coaching yep. regime. That, that makes it a little bit easier. Listen, I get being frustrated by Cal Moore yeah. the way the season ended um, a couple of the games late. But you're kidding yourself if you don't think this is a great thing for the Cowboys, right? Yeah. Dak Prescott loves Cal Moore. Seems like Mike McCarthy and Cal Moore get along pretty well. If Cal Moore would have left to go be a head coach somewhere else, you're probably just promoting somebody who's already on the staff to become an offensive coordinator. And I don't think that's a, I don't think that helps anything. Right. So I, I do think this is a, it's a great thing for the Cowboys. Kellen Moore, again, not flawless. He, he's not a perfect offensive coordinator, 
but I do think he's really, really good. And I, I don't think he's going to be – I don't think the last few games of the season are going to define Kellen Moore. I think he's much, much better than what those games showed. I think with Kellen Moore, you have the opportunity that he could continue to improve and become one of the best young play callers in football. I think anything – I think it, if the Cowboys were not able to retain Kellen Moore, you could have been setting yourself up for – what is possibly the worst outcome for the coaching staff, oh right? Gosh, it, it, yeah. Returning yeah. Mike McCarthy, Dan Quinn's great. I love him, but everything, but getting Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn and then still not having a plan at offensive coordinator, that's the nightmare scenario. And then suddenly we're, yeah. we're trying to convince ourselves into thinking that, you know, Ben McAdoo or freaking, you know, uh, any one of the internal hires would be as good as Kellen Moore or even Mike McCarthy himself. I think, that would have been the most disheartening and frustrating thing to deal with is that you're taking a step back personnel wise and you're taking a back step back yes. coaching staff wise. That would have been a really difficult hill to over. hundred percent agree. Uh, I do also want to point out, Hey, I'm going to keep saying this. Kellen Moore has his flaws. He is not the yeah. perfect offensive coordinator. He's still young. He's learning, but he's been the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys for three years in the two years yeah. that he's had Dak Prescott. They've been number one in points per game both seasons like they're really really good with him calling plays uh, i think they could be a little bit more consistent i think we've been talking about this over the offseason he's got to find a way to push the easy button when it comes to better opponents and find easier throws for for prescott but he's good and it's a it's a big deal that the cowboys are getting him back I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think you know we had posited other scenarios that we thought that maybe could have been uh, different directions and different steps, but if we're going to try to kind of run this back with this yes. group, which isn't you know completely crazy out of the question, it's just difficult. Uh, I think this is the best case scenario for that kind of path of getting these guys back, having the Kellen Moore back, and and with the thought that you know he's going to improve, he's going to get better as as he's going to learn from that experience yeah. and, and move forward, and you know you get a healthy Dak, and then hopefully things just kind of. Instead of getting, you know, falling off at the end there, they they sort of find a way to to get better, you know, midseason and kind of careen into a, a a positive flow going into the playoff, which was not the case going in last year. And here's the other thing about uh, Kyle Moore coming back: if he would have gotten hired for that Dolphins job, he's probably taking a handful of assistants with him, right? Maybe, maybe. I mean, That's... maybe Doug Nussmeier is his offensive coordinator in Miami or something like that, right? Now you're bringing all those guys back next year and what's probably a make or break year for Mike McCarthy. It's, I actually don't hate that. I, I, I like having some continuity. If it doesn't work this year, Landon, let's say they, they go 10 and seven and they're knocked out of the first round of the playoffs. Then I think you can just move on from everybody. It makes it a lot easier. Right. But yeah. As yeah. I say, but if you, if you lose Calamore and let's say you, you win one round of the playoffs and you, you get knocked out of the divisional round, it makes it a lot trickier to say, oh, well, hey, let's see what the offensive court, new offensive coordinator can do in year two and all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, look, I mean, the, look, the Cowboys would have been screwed. Like if Kellen oh Moore God. goes, if Kellen goes to Miami and then and then Kellen, you know, steals even one or two of these assistants, the Cowboys are suddenly left with the bag and very few talented offensive coordinator types left out in 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 the wild. That's why you started. I'm sure that's why you're starting to see folks randomly bringing up Dan Mullen's name in, in the timeline. Like that wasn't a seed planted by somebody in the Cowboys front office sure. somewhere. Like it, it, it's like 
you're starting to really grasp for for uh, guys to come in and, and be the offensive play caller. That's you know worthy of of. Uh, I mean, ultimately, if you don't have Kellen Moore back and you don't have a new head coach, what are we even doing? Next? Exactly. Yep. Like, like yep. you, you don't have a you have a middle of the road offensive coordinator with an offense that was that tailed off in the season. You don't have a good enough defense necessarily to to like carry you to the playoffs. Uh, is it just like a a, a a warm rehash last year? This year, at least, you can convince yourself some of those guys can get better. You can bring back some of this talent, maybe shuffle right. it around a little bit and reload. I, I think if they hadn't gotten Kellen Moore and, and Mike McCarthy was still the head coach, they really would have been in a terrible spot. Yep, uh, I'm pretty convinced that Kellen Moore would have taken, you know, one of the offensive guys with him. Maybe it's Adam Henry, the wide receiver coach. Maybe it's Doug Newsomeyer. And then on defense, I'm sure he would have grabbed a couple guys, right? Or uh, the few, like maybe he would have hired Al Harris to be his defensive coordinator, or maybe it would have been Joe Witt. Uh, I mean, that's the benefit of not only bringing back Kellen Moore, but you get to retain the rest of that coaching staff. Yeah, I so, agree. It's a big deal. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on. But before we do that, we want to tell you guys about Built Bar. This time of year, almost everybody's given up on their New Year's resolutions. But let's try not to do that this year. We're going to try to stick to our resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It's almost not really a resolution because you're going to want to eat Built Bars. They're so good. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Plus, they have so many great flavors. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. And for this month, white chocolate, cookies, and cream. I know, Landon, they're sending us a box of those, so I'm excited Uh-oh. to try them. Uh-oh, I'm excited uh, about that. Yeah. Uh, if they, if you think of a good flavor, send it to them. They'll they'll consider making it. They're, they're really good that way. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Uh, all right. We, we need to just wrap up the Senior Bowl, which finished on Saturday. Uh, the game itself is not the most important thing in the world. I and mean, we know this. Most scouts leave by Thursday afternoon. They'll get back back home. They'll watch the tape. But it's not – I don't know. It's not all that important. However, a couple of guys stood out. Um, just some of your overall takeaways from not only the game, but just this week in general. Well, I, I mean, I think the overall take uh, I had uh, for the game uh, was that it felt like the pass rushers uh, are way outpacing the offensive line. In that Which game. should happen in an all-star game, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think that, you know, that, that was an, it was an impressive group. I think it showed you that there is a nice little uh, group of, let's say, 30 to oh, a 90 uh, yeah, guys yeah. like 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 kind of in a into the Basically second third round guys, guys right day yeah two guys. day two guys of, of a, a nice little bulk of pass rushers that kind of fit into that uh into that group whether you want to talk about jermaine johnson or kingsley nagbury is that, is that how you say it? Yeah. i i would even add some defensive tackles in there like yeah it feels like if you want to add depth to your defensive line in this class day two is the spot to do it Wyatt, uh, Logan Hall from Houston, I think probably Winfrey falls in that. from Oklahoma, Winfrey, who won the MVP definitely. of the game. Yep. Yeah, Winfrey had an incredible game. Yep. Um, I, I think that was my main takeaway is that there is defensive line talent kind of falling in that, uh, you know, late day one, late day one, all day, day two kind of area, right? Uh, my other main takeaway just from watching the game and having not really seen as much of the practice uh, for these types of guys is that. Uh, the quarterbacks were okay. 
uh, I, I think that I haven't watched a ton of Sam Howell of, mm-hmm. in college. I thought that he was a little bit more um, athletic than I expected, mm-hmm. or at least based on what I've seen so far. I, I, the guy I watched, uh, you know, in, in a few games I watched in college was more of a statuesque, I thought. And mm-hmm. I thought that he has at least the athletic ability to kind of break the pocket and get loose and kind of, you know, create, make, pick up some first downs, that sort of thing. So, uh, I thought that was interesting. Uh, what's who was the guy that I talked to you about last night that I Calvin Austin? I actually got his, I got his stuff pulled up right now for the yeah. wide receiver from Memphis. So after I was done with the practice, I kind of went back and tried to watch some of the other practice and backfill some of the you know wide receiver and DB stuff uh, just because I didn't as watch as much of that during the week. And man, he Calvin Austin was the guy that definitely popped mm-hmm. uh, to my in my eyes like just whether it was just that weird helmet, I guess, or if it was just, it, I don't know if it was that, but he is so quick and just it changes direction so well and has such great body control. And, and really, uh, again, the thing that separates those guys is first that they separate, but second yeah. that they, uh, when they have good catch radius. And, and I saw this, this is, I saw a guy who, for a guy his size, I thought could catch the ball really well, you know, all around his body and, and, and you know, kind of, reach back if he needed to and make the snag. So I, I feel like that was a guy who just kind of watching his practice tape really kind of caught my eye. Uh, I, I want to talk about Calvin Austin a lot. We don't have to spend a ton of time on him, but he's tiny, 5'7 on the dot, 173, mm. but super productive. Back-to-back seasons of 1,000 yards at Memphis. He scored 19 touchdowns on offense over the last two years, two special teams touchdowns. We talked about earlier this year that the Cowboys need to add some speed to their offense. Four three eights is projected forty. It's just, is he a guy that's going to be able to stretch the field in a Deshaun Jackson, Tyree Kill type of role, or is he more the underneath Tavon Austin kind of stuff? That's the hardest part about figuring out these players. Well, I mean, the, you know, the interesting thing is, is that we just haven't seen a lot of these guys that, you know, Dak. I don't know that Dak likes to throw that type of deep ball. You know, where where he likes where he's throwing it to get guys underneath it. Like he likes to throw to a a target that's going to go up and get the ball. Right. I don't know that this is necessarily what that guy does. Or if he does throw the ball down the field, it's more to the middle, like on deep crossers and that kind of stuff. Right. Rather than sideline shots. I, I think a guy like this would be really useful for the Cowboys. I just wonder if, like, how much of a deep threat can he be? I, I mean, again, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying that Dak yeah. doesn't like these guys. I'm saying I don't know if Dak likes these guys. So well, it would be interesting to see if he would be someone that the Cowboys would ever consider, considering they're pretty hardcore about their, you know, wide receiver templates, it seems like. They are. But, again, we're going to come back to this easy button thing. They need to create easier throws Absolutely. For Dak. Absolutely. So if, if you want to – build in a couple you know slot screens where your guys just kind of fading into the sideline and you're throwing the ball and he takes it six yards this is the guy that can do that for you um yeah. and you don't have to probably spend a premium pick on him I, I saw i saw today a mock draft where he goes in the first round that's not happening but like third fourth round you can find a guy like this that can probably never going to be number one or maybe even a number two receiver but can add value to your offense we got to talk about a dream I had. I, I, I busted this out on you randomly. Okay, I'm right. I, all right. Moving off the Calvin Austin thing real quick. Okay. I had a dream last night that the Cowboys were trying to figure out a way to get their own version of Debo Samuel. And do you know who they ended up doing using? No, tell me. Tony Pollard was in my dream. And I woke up in the morning and I was like, 
I need to look at this. And I did like a mock draft of whole comparison yeah, yeah. to see yeah. what kind of athletes they're obviously used completely different, but I was thinking about it. Like it's, it's too bad that we don't see Pollard use, being used more as a wide receiver, mm-hmm. like even as a downfield threat, because if you go back and watch him in college, like he could, I mean, he was a receiver. He college. was a slot receiver. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I know this is completely non-topical, but it is on the topic Fine. of the Cowboys. I would like to see, you know, we, we talk about what are they going to do at wide receiver? Da, 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 da. I think Pollard needs to be considered a non-traditional running back and stopped being used as a traditional running back. And even if you wanted to replace the Zeke element of the backfield and kind of get another kind of guy who's getting the mass of your carries, I think instead of trying to force feed Tony Pollard more running back carries, I think we need to find more ways to get him the ball a la Debo Samuel, because I think he has that kind of similar ability to break tackles and, and make big yards out of simple plays. And I think that kind of go- feeds into what we're talking about with the easy button, right? Like making yeah. things easier for Dak. It, it sounds so simple when you say just get him the ball in space, but that's really what they need to do more often, right? More more mm-hmm. plays where it's just him and maybe a blocker and he's got to beat one guy, right? Or yeah. him one-on-one with a linebacker out of the slot. Like put him in those situations – and give him nine touches a game. I promise your offense is going to be better because he's really good at that kind of stuff. Uh, I agree with you. Um, I just really quickly from the senior bowl, finishing yeah. up stuff, a couple offensive linemen looked really good. I thought Trevor Penning got better as the week got, went did. on. I thought he was better in the game. Um, so that's a little bit interesting. Tight ends, I, I really feel like this is a deep tight end class. And if the Cowboys want to let Dalton Schultz go, go because they can't pay him, I feel like they can find a similar prospect to Schultz in the third or fourth round. And two years from now, maybe they have a similar player. I I, I, I like this tight end class. Yeah. I mean, I think the problem is, is that if you're letting Dalton Schultz go, you're kind of conceding tight end production in 2022. You know, it's like, you're just not going to get a ton of it. I think unless Jarwin- you feel good about Jarwin, which I don't, but uh, you know, the problem is, is that Jarwin, I mean, still needs to develop. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't played a ton. And, and that whether that's injury and, and or opportunity in both, uh, it's not like Jarwin is like oh, this fully developed player is coming in, going into his, what, fifth season in the year, a league or something. Like, he he still needs some time playing mm-hmm. on the field to kind of get, get to his ceiling. So, yeah, I do think that I do worry about the fact that, you know, and I don't disagree with the idea that maybe they should let Schultz go necessarily, but I think that they're not going to have a like-for-like replacement immediately as no. far as I'm concerned. And, and maybe the, the best strategy is to move on from both, right? Let Schultz go for $12 million in free agency, cut Jarwin, save whatever money you can get, and then go out and get a veteran free agent, whoever's out there, that's, let's say, for 4 or $5 million a year, whether it's Austin Hooper Hayden her somebody like that to give you a baseline level of production. And then you draft Jake Ferguson in the third round or somebody like that. And, you know, maybe two years from now, you could move on from Hooper. You can move on from Hayden and you've got to start. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that strategy either. Yeah. I mean, that, that may end up being what they have to do if yep. they can't sign, if they can't sign Schultz. Or just lean into Sean McEwen as tight end one. Let's go, baby. Just really, really, really trying to push that tra- that wagon uphill, huh? Uh, I know. Uh, <laughs> all right. One more quick break to tell you guys about Get Upside. Our listeners are earning cash back for every single gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up. 
Don't pay full price or at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are earning like $200, $300 a year just by using cash back. And there's apps or get upside. There's uh, there's absolutely no uh, catch. You can get cash back right to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card. Again, free get upside app. Use promo code touchdown to get 25 cents per gallon or more back on your first tank. All right. We've got a new mock draft from ESPN and I'm going to give you the two players that are available at 24. And I want you to tell me who you would pick. Oh boy. In, in this mock, Mm-hmm. Now, Kobe Dean, mm-hmm. linebacker from Georgia, and Zion Johnson, the, the guard from Boston College, are both available to the Cowboys at 24. Where would you go? Uh, I would probably go N- Kobe Dean, right? And is that a trick question? I no, it's not like a trick it question. It's, it's more positional value, right? <laughs> yeah. Would you, would you rather have the guard who might last a little bit longer and you could start right away, or would you rather have Kobe Dean? I think Dean because I, I I view Zion as more of a of a second round player I guess or at least okay. a, a, or at least I view Dean as a higher than twenty four pick potentially I got you um, so I I just feel like that's kind of a, a you know the value there and I don't know that you know you're right linebacker has less positional value but I don't know that guard has got a ton more positional value than linebacker at this point so uh, that's so- where I'm landed. In this mock by Jordan Reed of ESPN, he gave the Cowboys to Kobe Dean for the exact reasons that you just mentioned. He thought it would be easier to find a guard in the second round. He basically said that Dean is – he's undersized, but he's the perfect complement to, to to Michael Parsons. And I agree. Like Dean and Parsons together at linebacker would be so much fun, and you could kind of mix and match that third Let's say, what are we going to call him? Second level defender, right? Yeah. If you want to play J. Ron Kirst down in the box or Donovan Wilson down there, you could do that. If you want to have Jabril Cox on the field to cover tight ends, you could do that as well. Um, I just think he makes your defense so much faster. Yeah. Uh, and gives you another playmaker. And I think you can. I I think they can fill guard a little easier because the worst case scenario for the Cowboys at guard right now is probably Connor McGovern, right? That's yeah. your, that's probably your floor, right? Yeah. And, and okay you know, we, we don't really know what Connor McGovern is going to look like next year. I mean, he may come, you know, after all this experience, sure. take it and really improve this year, realizing that, that that starting job is his to lose at this point, right? So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, guard is definitely the position that uh, of those two that, you know, despite losing your starter there, you feel like you have a floor there already. Sure. I would like to draft somebody high. To, to kind of compete there, but I don't feel the need to yes. force a guy who I think is a lesser player over, over Dean to, just because you feel like it's more of a need. Okay. Um, I think you could draft, listen, Connor McGovern was a third round pick. Connor Williams yep. was a second round pick. You could draft a guy somewhere in that range and let them compete with McGovern and see how camp goes. And you're fine on the offensive line. I mean, they could be better. I think they could use a better coach, uh, offensive line coach. But Nakobe, I feel like is a he's a little bit of a game changer for them on defense because there's just not many teams in the league that would have the athleticism and the instincts that the Cowboys would have at the second level. Look, let me ask you this because I mean, this is not something that I want. But do you think that there is an op- a chance this year that they consider moving Lale back to guard now that we have an offseason? Because obviously I was completely against this 
during the season. I'm not necessarily for it now at all, but I, I think it's something that we should at least ask ourselves because they clearly like Terrence Steele. They clearly don't have necessarily a built-in. I mean, McGovern is kind of your floor there. Is there a, the opportunity you think that they shuffle this around so they get the opportunity for all three of these guys that they like, Tyron, Steele, and uh, Lale, to actually get on the field at once? I'm going to give you an odd answer. It depends on Josh Ball. I, I really fair. think that's the answer because I like Terrence Steele a lot in that swing tackle role because he gives you, you know, a guy that if he has to play left to right tackle is competent. And with Tyron, basically, we know that he's going to miss some time every year going forward. I kind of like the idea of Terrence Steele backing him up. Now, if you move Collins to left guard and Terrence Steele to right tackle, all of a sudden now it's Josh Ball that has to come in and play for Tyron Smith if he goes down in the first quarter. I don't know. We haven't seen Ball play at all. So I, I, I don't know if I can answer that one yet. Let me, let me ask you this then, follow up to that. Is it easier in the second or third round of this draft, if you let's say you go Nicobe Dean in the first round, is it easier to go find a guy that you could develop as a tackle than it is to find a plug-and-play starter at guard in the second and third round? No, I think it's easier to find a guard in the second or okay. third round. Okay. It's just if you are a I don't even want to say competent tackle, you go in the first round because that's not true. If you mm. even have tools to be a potential tackle in the NFL you go in the first round, right? It's just how many of those guys after pick 50 end up becoming good tackles in the NFL? I'm trying to remember who that kid is. And this is bad radio, but there's this, that Australian kid who plays for, it's not Minnesota. I can't remember what he is, but there's some guys, there are a couple of guys that I saw that were like, phys, that were kind of like uh, Jordan Malolatu or whatever is yeah, the, for the, the, Eagles. the guy for yeah. the Eagles where they're like an Australian rules football player that doesn't have a ton of experience, but like, came in and played left tackle and didn't give up a single, uh, didn't give up a single yeah. like uh, hurry or something. So there are those guys available, but I, I, I think I tend to agree with you that if you're, if you're getting a choice and you like second to third round is your, is your area and you know, you need either a backup often like offensive tackle who you could develop or a starter right now at guard or center. I feel like you're right that there's like, there's more likely to be a chance that Zion Johnson or, um, you know, I'm trying to think of somebody. I mean, someone like I, – I, I know we've been bagging on him all week, but I think like a guy like a Hayes, like from mm -hmm. uh, from OU, like a little bit later, like those guys are probably more readily available and more able to kind of just step in and do what they need to to help your team. I, I, just really quickly, I'm looking at like some of the offensive tackles over the last couple of years who are like late second or third round picks, and it's just a complete wasteland. Like – Lucas Niang for the Chiefs, who yeah. never stay healthy. Matt Parrott for the Eagle or for the Giants, who can't play at all. Like you just don't find those guys at all. It's true, it's true. But guard, you can't. Like you can yeah. find guards all over the place, and you can find centers that can walk in there and start. I, I like Terrence Steele a lot. I'd rather just keep him in that. <laughs> I'd rather keep him at the swing tackle spot than have Lyle Collins at guard. I almost think it's more valuable to have a good swing tackle than it is to have a good left guard. I know that sounds crazy, but it's kind of my feelings here. No, I think swing tackle is a very difficult position to play because you don't get as many reps. You got to be able to step in and play either side on a moment's notice. It's not an easy ask. So yeah. I, I don't think it's unreasonable to suggest that it's a, a difficult position to find because, you know, you could not only can you find a ton of guards, you can find a bunch of tackles who can play guard too. Exactly. So exactly. it's not as difficult position to find. Uh, so 
we'd be happy if Nakobe Dean's the pick here at 24 to sum this yeah. up, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, look, I, I, he's a talented player. The 24, it's like you've got to stop kind of holding on to the idea of yeah. uh, positional value at that point. You're just drafting the best player. I mean, you're picking at 24. So, like, yeah. you're not going to probably get a first-round graded player. You're getting the best player you have available to you. This is a guy who takes your defense to a next the next level, yep. allows you to further unlock uh, – uh, Parsons now you don't feel like you have to use Parsons a certain way depending on who you're playing right yep. San Francisco you knew that Parsons was going to be playing linebacker because he had no choice anybody, too. they had they didn't have anybody else who could do the what you yep. needed them to do at linebacker and now you're not necessarily pigeon held if you get a guy like Kobe Dean exactly I think that Kobe Dean is a first round pick all day long uh I we've also seen Dan Quinn have a lot of success with these type of these linebackers types. before yeah. right? exactly uh, I'm all in on Kobe Dean to Dallas. I think that'd be a great fit. Uh, all right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast, Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, continue to check us out on YouTube. You can follow the show at locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time.